Welcome to the Daniel McInnes Podcast, a podcast for small businesses who are seeking great practical advice about marketing and sales. Danielle thinks like a customer. Even as a little kid, she always has shown deep empathy for others. Dan uses this customer insight to help small businesses create practical marketing strategies that work. Using this customer-centric approach and her 20 years' experience in sales and marketing, Dan takes what is in your head, adds her expertise to create a system to assist you make better marketing decisions, attracts a regular stream of ideal customers, and creates a brand that your employees and customers will love. Hope you enjoy this podcast. Well, thank you for joining my podcast again, and I'm excited this week um, to have Susan um, Ganelius. Is that how I say it, Susan? Yes, that's right. <laughs> Yay. Um, and Susan has come from a background of over 20 years in a marketing profession, working for some great large companies, and um, she's the author of over eight marketing books and is a columnist for uh, Entrepreneur Online and Forbes. She's just got so much information to share with us, and I'd love to welcome her on the show today. So thanks for joining us, Susan. Oh, thanks so much for having me. Can you give us a little bit more insight into perhaps, you know, how you got into what you're doing and what you do today? Sure, yeah. Well, uh, let's see. Uh, my education, I graduated from college with a degree in marketing. In, uh, and then in 2004, I got pregnant with triplets. And after that, returning to the corporate world just wasn't practical. Yeah. So I originally thought, all right, well, I'm going to take a few years off and, and just be a stay-at-home mom. But about a year later, I, I got the itch to do something, and I had an idea to write a book about copywriting for small business owners who can't afford to hire a copywriter, don't have the experience and expertise themselves. So I wanted to offer a tool that could help them uh, write compelling copy that will drive returns uh, so they're not wasting money on advertising. Mm-hmm. So in order to sell that book to a publisher, I turned to the social web because for nonfiction publishing, you have to have a platform. You have to prove to a publisher that you can sell your book. You have access to audiences. I couldn't go around the world at speaking engagements with one-year-old triplets at home. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I turned to the social web and using social media built my brand globally simply using the free, uh, inexpensive, and easy-to-use tools of social media and content marketing, and and the rest is history. It's so interesting. I mean, you know, I'm not in the same league as you, obviously, but the the journey is similar. You know, for me, I work with Hewlett-Packard and um, Dolphin Property Group, which would be known locally. Same sort of deal, just had my child, decided I, I couldn't go back and and sort of you know I guess the last three four years really discovered that you know you you can build your business online faster more effectively than ever before and I'm really interested in particularly how you talk about the content strategy I know that you've got a great book out at the moment content marketing for dummies because it seems to me that the conversation has moved to online Absolutely. That's where audiences are today. Um, it, certainly, traditional marketing shouldn't be abandoned for social media marketing and content marketing, 
But that's where the social web is where you're going to get in front of every audience. Where do people go when they're looking for a product or a business? They don't pick up the yellow pages anymore. They go to Google and they type in keywords related to what they're looking for. And thanks to the, the free and easy to use tools of the social web, Twitter, Facebook, blogs, LinkedIn, YouTube, etc., you can create compelling, interesting content that tells your story, uh, builds relationships with consumers that lead to brand loyalty, brand advocacy. People talk about the brands they love, word of mouth marketing, and truly anyone from anywhere can build a business and a brand. And it's absolutely amazing. It's leveled the playing field for small businesses to compete against large businesses in a way that never existed before. And I would almost say, and I've, I've listened to a lot of your recordings, which are just excellent and on SlideShare, um, you know, you're so generous with what you um, provide, which is, you know, the philosophy I come from is, you know, they're going to find it. You may as well be out there telling your own story. But what I really like about, um, I think it was in one of the presentations, you talk about, you know, having this core landing um, page, this convergence of where people can find you, be it a web or a blog, so that people can go there and, and, and get a sense of you. And I, I, I guess what I'm sort of leading to is this convergence of all these tools in this one spot where people go and find you. What do you think is a good idea from a small business's point of view in terms of having a website presence or a blog site presence. I'd just be interested in your thoughts around that. Well, certainly a website is essential because that's where your your business um, story, your products, the the content that is going to stay the same uh, unless you offer new products, you rewrite the content or what have you. But you need that website, of course. Mm-hmm. But the, the beauty of the social web is that it enables you to create a variety of branded online experiences. So people can self-select how they want to interact with, how they want to engage with you and your brand. Not everybody likes to read a blog. Not everybody likes Twitter. Not everybody likes to watch videos on YouTube. Mm-hmm. So that's where when you choose the core branded online destination, which is a concept that I introduced in, in my book, 30 Minutes Social Media Marketing, when you create that core branded des- online destination, for small businesses in particular, it needs to be a tool that you enjoy using. Because if you don't like using it, you're not going to keep up with it. And you don't have the, the money and the resources to, ha- to hire people to help you. So you need a tool that you enjoy. And then you need to build your social web presence from there. I always recommend a blog for uh, a core branded online destination simply because they're so very search engine friendly. Mm. They're, they're a great tool to boost your search engine rankings. And that goes back to where do people look for companies and products and services? They go to Google. So, and I use the I tell a story in my book, The Compounding Effect of Social Media, particularly blogging. Mm-hmm. Think of it this way. If you have a website with 10 pages, that's 10 ways, 10 entry points for Google to find you. Now imagine that you uh, connect a blog to that website and you write a new post every day for a year. Mm-hmm. Now you've got 365 plus 10 ways for Google to find you. 
Now, imagine that those posts are all amazing, what I refer to as shareworthy content, content that people like to read, like to share with their own audiences. And imagine throughout the course of that year, you've been spending time finding where your best audience already hangs out, interacting with them on the destinations that they already use, and building relationships with them. Now, suddenly, you've got an audience that will listen and engage with you. They start reading your amazing shareworthy blog content. They comment on it. They tweet it. They blog about it themselves. Now you have all these various links coming into your blog, people talking about you, all these ways that people can find your content through a Google search. So that's why blogs are so great. But really, it has to be the tool you enjoy using. Yeah, and I think that what i found with the small businesses is that A lot of them have built this first-generation website, you know, maybe a few years ago, and and it's not something they have access to. I mean, it's not built on a content management system at all. And so when I go in, you know, they they don't even have the answers to the questions. Absolutely. When a tool like uh, WordPress, the self-hosted version from WordPress.org, I just wrote The Complete Idiot's Guide to WordPress. It's out now. Get a copy. Rebuild your website on WordPress. It's free to use. All you have to do is pay a minimal hosting fee with whatever third-party host you want to use, bluehost.com, godaddy.com, whatever one works for you. Uh, You can use a freelance blog designer if you want to um, find someone who can make your your site look amazing. And then you can go in and update it and post blog posts and move things around yourself you don't have to pay someone to maintain it for you it's amazing I agree and I mean I'm totally into that because once I mean first and foremostly it puts the hands their their hands into that tool so that they can manage it so they're in control of the content number two is I am so much more interested in their brand and their content strategy than spending, you know, months and months and months on designing this slick website that they can't access. So it achieves, I guess, a few things in my mind. And look, you know, it's so affordable, so easy. I love WordPress and and I'm about to move my fourth site on there. So I'm totally with you there. Um, But starting from a perspective of small businesses and, and I guess where I start with customers is that it's before the tools and I know you do too in terms of the strategy and just in terms of small businesses engaging with their customers. From your perspective, what are some of the first problems that they have just just in terms of that marketing strategy or getting started and finding their ideal customers and actually knowing what they do and what they stand for? Well, and that in 30 minutes social media marketing, I, I truly break it down into to steps basically of what you need to do to get onto the social web and basically the do's and don'ts and how you can make it more manageable, how you can have an a positive impact on your business in just 30 minutes a day on social web activities. Of course, the more time you can spend, the better. But let's be realistic. For most small business owners, more than 30 minutes is not in the cards. So that's something that I talk about in my book. And I give tools and I give steps of how you can find your best audience, what you should or should not be talking about. And let's face it, that probably one of the biggest rules and the biggest obstacles, aside from feeling overwhelmed, which is what I try to alleviate in my book, 
But the other huge obstacle is understanding that social media marketing, content marketing, they are not like any other form of marketing. You're no longer through social media and content trying to interrupt people and stop them in their tracks. Instead, you're trying to enhance the experience. You're trying to build a relationship with them instead of pushing messages at them. It's much more of a pull marketing strategy where people are pulling information that they want, that they find meaningful and useful from brands and businesses. So that's the trick is to find where your audience, go to Google, type in the keywords that they would use to find a business like yours, follow the paths and look for social destinations, blog, Facebook pages, LinkedIn groups, where they are already spending time. Join the conversation, get to know what they're talking about and what's important to them. And that's how you can build a content strategy that will provide that useful, meaningful information that they want not only to read, but that they also want to share with their own audiences. Yeah, sure. Great tips. And and, um, I'll put the links to those books on this podcast afterwards because I think they're must-haves and and certainly even that WordPress one as well. I'm I'm going to be onto that. Um, In terms of um, the brand of a small business and the story behind that brand, do you think it's more important than ever before? And how do they how do they engage with that now in terms of just understanding, you know, that concept of brand, I think, to small businesses is still not clear. Sure. Well, and keep in mind this comes from me who absolutely loves the subject of branding. So oh, I, I can very passionate <laughs> about it. But I think that the way that the world is today with so many competitors, so much information, so much conflicting, I mean, we have access to information within seconds. So creating a brand promise, and that's pretty much how I define a brand. It's a promise to consumers. It creates consumer expectations and meets those expectations in every branded experience through every touch point. So by positioning your brand in consumers' minds, you need to choose the word or phrase that you want your brand to stand for. But in mind, it has to be the word or phrase that consumers are willing to accept that your brand will stand for. And then you need to be focused. A focused brand is a strong brand. Don't try to be all things to all people. Focus on your strengths and Stick to that promise in every branded experience because if you if consumers are confused, they'll turn away from your brand. They're fickle. They'll look for one that will meet their expectations in every branded interaction. So that's kind of where it all comes from. What does your brand stand for? What does it promise to consumers? Now, at the same time, you have to understand that consumers build brands, not companies. Companies can um, put ideas in motion. They can nudge conversations in the right direction. But it's the way that consumers experience a brand, become emotionally involved in that brand, the way they make it their own, that creates brands. That's how consumer perceptions of brands are created. And the social web is an amazing tool for that because people can experience brands in their own ways. They could start a blog uh, about a, a brand that they love. They could talk about, join the Facebook page and talk about it. So that's the key is getting that emotional involvement because that's what leads to brand loyalty and brand advocacy. 
Look, absolutely. I can give you a perfect example. I've just started using MailChimp um, in lieu of the, the previous um, email campaign that I was using tool. And, you know, it's got such a cheeky little friendly um, script. Absolutely. And, and, and I'll just um, mention that, you know, yesterday I sent one of my first campaigns using this tool and, and you know, it sent me an email saying, congratulations, you've done it. And then they said, we've got a little prize for you. And I'm like, what? So I click on this little button and, and, it, and it, sent, it says, we're sending you a T-shirt in the mail. Can you choose your size? I mean, how ingenious. They've actually thought about that customer interaction and experience from a touch point all the way through their product. And, and that experience is it comes alive in the way that they've consistently behaved in a certain way and protected that. And I guess Absolutely. my I guess my question to you, and you might have some comments on on that. But I what I the stumbling block that I find with most small businesses is actually identifying what they stand for. And how do they do that? Like sometimes they're not sure. And I guess where I start is to go back and ask their customers to try and consolidate that you know, value proposition or, you know, what do we do or what are we known for? But I'd be really interested to know, you know, how do you um, determine, you know, how do they find out that phrase or that or that um, behaviour that they want to be known for? Well, I always introduce the what I call the um, branding snapshot, which is basically it asks three questions in order to figure out what your brand promise is, and what you want it to be in the future. So basically, ask yourself, what five words would you use to describe your brand right now? Mm -hmm. Then ask your customers what five words they would use to describe your brand right now. Mm -hmm. Then write down the five words that you want your brand to stand for, that you want to be used to describe your brand in the future. Now, look at all those words, identify the gaps, and, and fill them, figure out from all these descriptions, which one is the one that identifies where you want your brand to go. And if it's not there, well, then you need to go back to the drawing board. But I think that the bigger problem for small business owners is fear, really fear that you're missing opportunities if you create a focused brand. Yeah. And Truth be told, exactly the opposite is true. And I could go through and give you example after example of large companies that, are, that can have proven time and again that a focused brand is a strong brand. Um, but it's fear, fear of lost opportunity for small business owners. And that's a hurdle that can only be crossed through education, through talking to your clients and explaining, getting small business owners to read the blogs of experts and buy books by experts who have lived this for a long time yeah. and are telling you from experience, a focused brand will give you the long-term sustainable growth that your business needs to be in business 20 years from now. Well, look, I think the message is, is, is getting through and I think it's getting through faster because, you know, they can get access to this education in so many ways, you know, podcasts being one of them, you know. Yes. It's so much easier to digest and you can do two things at once, which we often do. But right. so I, th I think that but you're right, that mindset, you know, even asking, you know, who's your ideal customer? Well, anyone with a pulse, <laughs> you know. Exactly, exactly. So I, I think I really like that exercise um, 
that you gave because I think what it's showing is, you know, it's showing some insight. It's making, it's forcing them to make decisions about what they're not, and it's also giving customer insight about how they're seen, and then it's giving them some direction about what do they want. So I really like that. I think that that's a really insightful strategy. So thank you for sharing it. Sure. And again, social media is the perfect tool for market research. When else in history have businesses had the ability to listen to what their customers are talking about, what's important to them, to be able to ask them questions on, on your business blog using a free tool like PollDaddy.com. You can poll people. You can use um, MailChimp's uh, SurveyMonkey.com to survey co consumers. You can uh, put up polls on LinkedIn, on Facebook. There are so many ways that you can get information from your customers. It, it's amazing that not everyone is doing it. Absolutely. Another question I've got, and, and this you alluded to this in, in one of your talks as well, which I thought was really interesting. There's a lot of internet marketers out there sort of claiming to have this secret formula. And you see, <laughs> you see people sort of, and I think the way I describe it is, you know, there's some really great quality educational content out there. And there's some stuff that you probably would wish you hadn't spent the time trying to find. Sure. Um, and I think that that sort of falls into this secret formula of, you know, people proposing to be everything. I just wonder what your thoughts are about that as a, as a strategy. Sure. Well, there are a couple of different ways to look at it. First of all, the way that I look at social media and content marketing is as a long-term, organic, sustainable tool for business growth. Now, there are other people. Now, of course, short-term tactics can support that long-term growth, uh, but I don't look at it as a guerrilla marketing technique. Um, is it possible to catch lightning in a bottle with a guerrilla marketing social media technique? Absolutely, sure. But far more often than not, that's not going to happen. So a lot of these secret uh, ways to become famous online or build your business, there are two ways to look at them. One, either you like guerrilla hard sell marketing or you don't. Some people, some businesses love that type of marketing. I do not. So for me, I, I don't like that type of social media marketing, and I don't think that it gives the results that small businesses truly need to be successful in the long term. But with that said, again, there are many people who do like those techniques. Now, at the same time, what you have to be careful of with those techniques is oftentimes they are veiled black hat SEO techniques, which means that they are search engine optimization techniques that can actually cause more harm than good because they are trying to skirt around or violate uh, the rules that Google and other search engines have put together when they put together their algorithms to rank search results. Mm -hmm. So you have to be careful because a lot of those you know, will get you 10,000 Twitter followers in a week uh, or will get you 10,000 link, incoming links to your website in a week. They're not necessarily doing it the right way, the way that you're guaranteed not to get in trouble. Yeah. So you have to be careful. Absolutely. Um, the next question I've got, I've only really got two questions left, but the next question I've got is, uh, you know, I know that you've got this book, Content Marketing for Dummies. Have you got some, just a couple of quick tips about copywriting for small businesses and some, some things that they might take away just to improve what they're currently doing? Because I agree with you, look, not all, all of them can improve afford to employ a copywriter, although I think it's one of the best investments you can make. But I definitely agree. <laughs> yeah, but if you can't, what's the next best tips from you? 
the next best thing is to buy my book, Kick-Ass Copywriting and 10 Easy Steps. Absolutely. And that's on the list, Susan. I wish so I had that already. <laughs> but uh, some of the things that I talk about in that book, I think one of the most important things is to remember that no one cares about you. Uh, you can't, you need to understand what's important to your customer and talk, speak to those issues, those benefits, those emotional triggers, because what's important to you related to your business, you might be extremely proud that you've been in business uh, and you're a member of the local here in the U.S. It's the Chamber of Commerce. I'm not sure what it would be in Australia, but yeah. um, you know, you're, you've been a member of the local business organization for 20 years. That might be really important to you, but guess what? I can pretty much guarantee you that most of your customers really don't care. Yeah. So it, it's hard to make that distinction as a small business owner of what's important to you versus what your customers want to hear. So that's the biggest tip I can give is it's follow the, there's an acronym, W-I-I-F-M, what's in it for me? That's what customers want to know. So when you write your copy, it needs to answer that question. What's in it for me? Absolutely. I agree. I often say, let's go look at your website. Now, that's not talking to me. That's talking all exactly. about you. <laughs> exactly. It's all about you and it's not. It's not about you at all, actually. It's about customers. So you're exactly right. Yeah. And even the language that you use and the, you know, there's so much that you can convey in the way that you um, write copy. But yeah, getting that right and talking to, talking to, you know, your ideal customer is, is number one. So, so thanks for that. My last real question, I ask this of lots of guests before I give people some um, touch points to get in contact with you, is what I'm seeing, and I'm really I've probably been, I'm a bit of an IT geek and I've been dwelling in this space really for about the last three years and watching this conversation and learning and researching and mostly really listening to what's going on. And, and what I see when I sit back is I think that customers' behaviours are changing. Like I'm watching less television, I'm listening to more podcasts or I'm listening to more things or watching more things through the internet. But I'm also seeing convergence of tools for marketers and or small businesses where, where now you've got web, blog, but you've also got CRM integrating and you've also got social media integrating across many platforms. And so I guess my question for you is, you know, what do you see happening next? What's what's happening on the edge of convergence of these tools? And are there any tools or any things that you can see, um, you know, looking a thousand miles out that we should be aware of? Well, it's interesting. I just wrote a blog post today about uh, there's a company called Square that has a mobile app uh, that lets small businesses process uh, credit card payments on the go through your iPhone, iPod, Touch, iPad, or um, some Android devices. So just this week they announced their uh, new app product, uh, which is a digital register, which basically will turn an iPad into a cash register. And their goal is to make cash registers obsolete. And in in tandem with this new register product for the iPad, um, which will also allow people to send uh, email or text receipts to um, coordinate with inventory and track sales. But in, in connection with that is a app called Card Case, which will allow consumers, your most loyal consumers, for example, you own a coffee shop, they can set up a tab 
like you'd have at a bar through this app, which is connected to the uh, reg- the digital register app so that they just have to give their name and everything is done automatically. They don't have to pull out a credit card. They don't have to pull out anything. Just give your name and these apps take care of everything. So I think really what's most interesting in the future is what's going to happen, first of all, in mobile marketing, but also in localized geo-targeting. The social web is an amazing tool for localized marketing. And I give a lot of these different apps and such in my book, 30-Minute Social Media Marketing, but it's just amazing. People don't realize how closely you can target local customers, join conversations, and indirectly market your business using Twitter apps, Facebook, etc. Oh, look, I totally agree. I'm, I'm just having these conversations with small business about Facebook as a business tool, as a research tool, but also as a fantastic advertising tool because you can go through, you know, geographic, demographic interests. I mean, I don't think you could ever pinpoint a customer as well as what you can today. Oh, exactly. And the local geofollow.com, localtweets.com, chirpcity.com, twello.com. There are so many Twitter apps that allow you to join conversations happening right in your neighborhood in real time that simply by searching for keywords related to your business. And and it's amazing. Do you think just from a marketing to a marketing person, do you think that part of our obligation is to be on across I mean all marketing techniques but particularly this online um, world and what's going on to be able to advise our clients fully um, well it's kind of like any business even as marketers we have our focus our brand focus if your focus is social media and content marketing then certainly you need to be aware of everything that's happening in those spaces yeah. um, For me personally, for my business, I'm much more of a content marketer for advertising my own business than social media. Um, So, but is that where my business is focused? Not necessarily. So it, it kind of goes both ways. You know, you need to focus your brand, of course. You can't be all things to all people. You can't be a, a television advertising expert and um, everything else, you know. You have to pick your focus, just like all businesses have to. Oh, yes. I, I mean, I, I think that's true. I mean, my business is focused really on the strategy before we get to the tactics. I mean, I can hand the tactics to anyone, but, you know, and, and they need to choose that right partner, obviously. But, you know, exactly. my bit's the bit that... Let's set it up so that we're actually telling the right story, that we're actually going to use the right tactics, that we've got the right audience. It's all that fundamental strategy stuff. And I think you raise, a really good, you raise a really good point because there is a very hard line between um, people like you, people like me. I'm much more of a social media content marketing strategist in terms of brand building and long-term sustainable business growth yeah. um, because I agree with you. You can hire anyone to do the tactics, um, but to determine that strategy, you need someone with a deep marketing background because you're always social media marketing might be a new tool in your marketing toolbox, but it's still based on fundamental marketing theory. And if you're not working with someone who has a deep marketing background, who perhaps just got lucky on Twitter and got 10,000 followers or just got lucky on their blog and built a big blog, was in the right place at the right time, there's a big difference between those two types of people. Yeah, look, I absolutely agree. And and there's a place for both. I guess I'm, I'm sort of saying that the landscape that we sit in 
it just seems to be, you know, growing in terms of the information. And it is for everyone, as you said, it is. It's um, it just seems like that content that's that's being pumped out. There's so much more to choose from, and to actually, you know, it doesn't matter what business you're in, actually cut through the clutter and actually work out well, what should I be paying attention to? Who should I be listening to? Um, that's that's a hard thing. And I and I think like most media. Uh, people will become specialists in certain areas of media, in certain aspects of, of social media marketing, in certain aspects of content marketing as it continues to grow. Um, and, you know, you'll have your go-to people for different um, parts of marketing via social media. And that's fine. That's, in fact, the way it should be. Because yeah. just like any brand, you can't be all things to all people. So if you're working with a specialist, that's a good thing. Absolutely. Well, look, you've been so generous with your time and um, and your two books, The 30-Minute Social Media Marketing and Content Marketing for Dummies, which I'm going to be on to as well as your copywriting, <laughs> which I'll put some <laughs> links, links to. Um, how, If people want to get in contact or get a greater taste of you, what's the best way? Um, one of the first places is my company website, keysplashcreative.com. And SusanGanelius.com is my speaker's website. Um, Twitter is probably one of the best places. It, my Twitter handle is SusanGanelius, at SusanGanelius. Mm-hmm. And Facebook.com slash Creative or slash SusanGanelius, either one. Okay. Uh, Dan slash in slash SusanGanelius. Those are the primary places. Oh, thank you. And I'll put links to all of those. And so what's next for you, Susan? What are you working on? Well, funny you should ask okay. <laughs> i have three books in the hopper none of the contracts are signed yet so i can't say what they are but they are all marketing uh and social media related so hopefully keep an eye on my websites hopefully i'll be announcing some of those soon over the course of the next uh, couple of months oh great well thank you again and i'm sure the audience will get a lot out of um, your insights and i really appreciate your time today okay thank you so much it was great to be here Hey, thanks for taking the time out of your busy day to listen to this podcast. For more great marketing tips, go to Dan's blog at www.daniellemcginnis.com and sign up for her marketing tips or visit her website at www.mcginnismarketing.com.au. Catch you next time.